Heisman Memorial Trophy is Joe Burrow. Louisiana State University, congratulations. Count every person's opinion from the last five years. There's no chance that I would be where I'm at right now. And welcome to the Average Joe's Podcast. I am one half of your hosting duo, and my name is Jack Melberth. Alec will be along in just a second as we get started on this road with all of you guys talking about the Cincinnati Bengals, what they are, what they aren't, what we wish they were, what we wish they weren't. It's going to be a hell of a time, and we could not be more excited to share this platform and this podcast with all of the Bengals fans and supporters out there. We think that uh, you guys will enjoy our discussion. We are a laid-back duo. Um, We enjoy playing the armchair quarterback on Monday mornings, and most of all, we enjoy hating the Pittsburgh Steelers. But more than that, we enjoy interacting with you guys. So if you haven't already, Give us a follow on Instagram at Average Joe's Pod, no spaces, no underscores, and on Twitter at Joe's underscore pod. Hit us up on both of those platforms. Um, we are looking forward to creating more content and interacting more with fans as we get this podcast off and running. And once we do that, well, in order to do that, we got to start talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's get the other co host in here and start doing that. We're now joined by the other co-host, Alec Grandin. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Bengals are looking like they're trending upwards, and hopefully hopefully we can make some more moves before the draft. I think we all want some more moves. Well, um, g- give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself. I mean, these people have no idea who the hell you are. Why, why should we trust your Bengals' opinion? Uh, well, sadly, um, maybe not sadly, but I've been a Bengals fan my whole life and, um, you know, probably haven't missed a game in 10 plus years and I might be one of the most passionate Bengals fans out there. I mean, I think you and I both, um, you know, we really care about the Bengals and want to see them, see them succeed. And, and if we didn't, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing this. So we wouldn't try to be stirring up the uh, fan base. So. Yeah, we've heard all the horror stories of the 1990s from our parents. So, hopefully, yeah, we are not. I am not trying to go through. The yeah, 1990s. I was gonna say, hopefully, this decade is not a fucking repeat of that. Holy yeah. hell, that'd be terrible. Um, so yeah, so just just a couple of passionate fans in here chopping it up about the Cincinnati Bengals. Nothing much to it, huh? No, not much. We are. We are just passionate. We want to just, I just, I just want to see a, a winning football team. That's all I care about. 2015 still sticks in my mind. I don't know about yeah. you. 2015, oh Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh I think the Pittsburgh Steelers live rent-free in my head. So They live rent-free in the whole AFC North head, to be honest with you. But I agree. Especially I agree. ours. I agree. Beautiful, dude. You got to find some way to beat those guys. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. What do you think about the roster? Alex? All right. So as as I said before, um, I said the state of the franchise is you know it's trending in the right direction. I think that you know Mike Brown's spending money now. Uh, he's willing to spend for free agents, which he didn't for a very very long time. So I think that's good. But I think with the roster makeup, I think. You know, even though we've addressed a lot of needs, I think we still have a lot more needs. I think we still need another guard, obviously. Um, I think we need a, a couple more edge rushers, maybe another interior D lineman, and then another linebacker, maybe like a veteran guy. Yeah. You know, because you I like Pratt, I like Wilson, and I like Akeem Davis either, but yeah. Bring back Bynes? You think Bynes? I mean, do you like Bynes? I kind of like the way he played last year. I, I really like Bynes, but I would also be fine with like a Quan Alexander too. So, yeah. um, I mean, this kind of intertwines with the discussion we were going to have about free agency. I mean, thus yeah. far, I, I think I'm satisfied with what they've done. I mean, they Great. essentially replaced William Jackson III with two corners, and I think two solid corners. I really like Chidobe Awuzie. Um, But, I mean, everybody's going to stick with the offensive line and how they really haven't upgraded. That being said, I think – we're both on the same page that the Quentin Spain signing is solid. Like we both like what Quentin Spain brings to the table. I mean, absolutely. I mean, um, <clears throat> last year it was a kind of prove it deal for him as well. Um, and now he's coming back on another prove it deal. You saw his tweet. He's very fired up. He's ready to, uh, you know, try to prove himself and get paid next off season. So that just, that will help us out. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I mean, I well. told you in like January, it was my thinking that, hopefully they would like sign a guard and then one of the guard positions would be a competition between Suofilo and Spain, which, I mean, it doesn't look like they're going to sign a guard at this point. Um, just because if they were to want to sign a guard, I think it already would have happened. So I think at this point you're looking at one member of the offensive line is going to be a rookie uh, that they take in either the first or the second round. And I think that other guard spot is going to be down to Suofilo and Spain, which I'm perfectly fine with because um, the difference between bad and average in the NFL is much greater than the difference between average and good. So I think if, if they can just get to average as an O-line, that this this offense can just blow up. Well, I mean, I agree. And, and, what, and what you were saying um, about, the, you know, the difference between bad and average is greater than, you know, great or not even great, good and average. Um, as Bengals fans for the last four or five years, we we know what – below average O-linemen look like. So just to have five guys who are at least average, I think will give Joe Burrow an even better chance. Oh, I agree. It's it's unreal. I mean, a, a lot of fans will like sit there and, and piss and moan about how like they haven't upgraded the O-line when in reality, they probably addressed the greatest position in need. They had to get Bobby Hart out of Cincinnati. That man was a walking turnstile of, of an offensive lineman. He was terrible. I mean, I I agree. It was giving me flashbacks to Andre Smith. Oh like my God. Seconds. I mean, it, it, and to, to be honest, it made Andre Smith look like Orlando Pace. I yeah. mean, it was, it, it was not good. I mean, so, so if you look at it the way it is right now, they've got two solid, I would say above average right tackles. And then if Trey Hopkins comes back, you know, whenever he comes back, that's an average to above average center right there. So you get just two average guards you are you're looking great in my opinion well yeah I mean I agree and then um along with that along with those lines with the roster makeup 
Let's just talk about Joe Burrow for a minute. I mean, what is, what else? What else do we need to really say? Just just the name itself just exudes confidence. I mean, I mean, I mean, I wrote down some stats: sixty-five point three percent completion percentage as a rookie with no training camp. His QBR was fifty-six point two, which is a little above average. Which I don't really blame him because, I mean, did you see the line he was working with? <laughs> uh, Thirty-two times he was sacked in ten games, which is is a problem. That yeah. is getting into like Deshaun Watts and Russell Wilson territory, which is not good. Dude, that there were a couple of hits. I mean, the Philadelphia game alone was well, just I, enough I to avert your eye. Well, and also you got to think about remember right before he got hurt against the football team, uh, that that hit uh, Chase, Chase Young, Young had on the yeah. goal line. That was I, I I can't believe he got didn't get hurt on that. The the fact that he he only missed I think one snap because of an injury before. Uh, his right knee was just sh- – or his left knee was just shredded is amazing. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's just a testament to his, you know, mental toughness. Oh, my God. Tough, toughest guy on the team. It, and it's evident oh, by all those guys that want to come play with him. I mean, you you listen to all those guys in their free agency press conferences, especially Riley Reef talking about how – I mean, Riley Reef played with Matt Stafford in Detroit. And Kirk Cousins to a lesser extent in Minnesota. So he kind of knows what what good, tough quarterback play looks like. And so for him to speak this highly of Joe Burrow tells me all I need to know about what the rest of the league thinks of the Bengals quarterback. No, I, I agree. And I think that even even if Mike Hilton, who is a former Steeler, is, is talking up Joe Burrow, then you know, I think we have the right quarterback. Oh, my God. 100%. And <laughs> the best part about the Hilton one was they asked him what he thought about the juju hit. And his ass cracked a little bit of a smile and said, you know, he had it coming or some shit like that. Love it. Reinstigate yeah, the rivalry, please. I love it. Well, you I don't know if you could call it a rivalry right now, but well, we'll be battling for third and fourth next year. I agree. I agree. <laughs> we will be doing that. So but no, yeah. The the Joe Burrow discussion, I mean, just start and end with the fact that he did all of what he did last year uh with an awful offensive line. Uh, no preseason, no training camp to speak of. He didn't. You notice how Herbert and Tua wore the wore the wristband to call plays. Joe Burrow didn't wear a wristband. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean you've heard. I mean, you've heard Zach Taylor talk about it plenty of times. That Joe Burrow's mental capacity is one of the best he's ever seen. His so. football IQ is unreal. I remember reading one of the stories on the Athletic from uh, Paul Daner. He's talking about how. Uh, in week two against Cleveland, they ran a play, uh, and Cleveland checked into some sort of coverage that negated whatever the Bengals were trying to do. And then whenever they played him again, I think it was week eight, maybe, uh, Burrow noticed that they had checked into that coverage on fourth and four, and Boyd runs like a, a, like a whip route over the middle, and Burrow hits him for like a 20-yard gain. I mean, that just tells you all you need to know. For him to be able to recall a play from week two, bring it into the present, and, and execute at a high level, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I will sit here for the whole episode and sing this guy's praises. I mean, we yeah, and I think everybody listening, and I think we know how good Joe Burrow is and can be. Um, but I think the thing about him is that he just needs help right now. Like, yeah. he needs help right now because he needs to be surrounded while he's still developing rather than, you know, be left on an Island trying to develop at the same time. I, agree. I think it would only help him. It would only help him to have 
as much talent around him as possible as soon as possible. Kind of like Andy. Like, remember how good Andy was when he first came to the league? Because yeah. he had Marvin Jones and A.J. Green. I mean, to a lesser extent, I'm going to say his name, Jermaine Gresham, when he didn't have stone hands. You know what I, I mean? Like, <laughs> Eifert. Like, yeah, Eifert. I mean, he had a lot of talent. So, yeah, but game. to the same extent, you know, this is the first time in a while. I mean, I would watch Bengals games last year. And, you know, the 2019 Bengals tell you that they're not going to win any close games. But every game that Joe Burrow started, even that Cleveland game in week two, where, where the final score kind of looked a lot closer than the game actually was. I mean, I was sitting there late into the fourth quarter saying, I mean, do I doubt Joe Burrow making a comeback here? Fuck no. I mean, no, no, no. the guy has, yeah, he has that it factor, the it factor. And I love Andy. Andy was great to Cincinnati. Andy did not have that it factor. No. Yeah. So with that being said, do you think that missing out on Galladay was, was a big deal? Do you think that uh, not signing one of the big free agent receivers was uh, a big deal in not kind of surrounding Burrow with weapons? Because the way it looks right now is that one of those first two picks in the draft is going to be an O-lineman. Um, and, and so you got to think maybe the other is an offensive weapon. So just what do you think about them surrounding Burrow with weapons and what they have or haven't done so far? Okay, so, well, for the Kenny Galladay thing, I don't think that paying him $18 million a year for basically two years guaranteed was worth it for them in the, in, in the current state they are. Because I think that I, I just don't know they have too many they have too many needs to pay a receiver eighteen million a year and I know they paid AJ eighteen mil last year in the franchise tag but I don't think the Kenny Galladay miss is that bad. Um, I agree. And, I agree. And I think that you could get a receiver maybe in the second or the third, probably not the second because there's other needs. But I think you can get a receiver in the third and the fourth that falls. That, that Joe Burrow could work with instead of pay, overpaying for Kenny Galladay. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the way it looks to me is that they, for some reason or another, uh, whether that be to their detriment or to their uh, success, they appear to be extremely confident in the talent that's on the offensive side of the ball in the draft. I mean, they are, they, they are not signing. They've signed one offensive outside offensive free agent thus far. So to me, that just tells me, you know, they think that they can get value in the draft. Now, uh, remains to be seen what they believe the positions of value are in the draft. But I think it's tough to say that the Bengals have earned our trust in this regard. But I think in this instance, they have. Because, I mean, you look at last year's draft, they knocked that draft out of the park oh no quite there's no question that they had a top five draft last year like that's not I don't even think that's unbelievable draft last year so I think if you look at last year's draft and you say well are we going to expect the same this year I mean I think you can I mean they're picking high enough to where they should either be able to trade down if one of the quarterbacks is there or draft the best uh non-quarterback in the draft which is a hell of a position to be in. So, uh, you know, clearly they, they see something in the draft that they think they can address the offense there. Uh, I tend to think Mike, my my thinking is that they're going to go weapon and then offensive line in the second round. But uh, you know, it's, we're still a month away from the draft essentially. So it's kind of futile to do any, any predicting at this point. So 
kind of on that line, do you, if they were to go offensive weapon at five, are you Pitts or Jamar Chase? Listen, I I love both. I honestly don't know if it's possible to mess up this pick because you have a generational offensive tackle in Sewell. You have, and I know you said the weapons, if they went weapons. So, and then you have a genera like Mel Kuyper said, this is the greatest tight end he's ever, you know, that he's ever watched film on in, in Kyle Pitts. And then Jamar Chase had over, uh, over 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns, I think, uh, in his last year at LSU before he opted out of last year. So I think that it'll depend on what happens in the next month. You know, they could sign another outside receiver. And if they do that, then they're not, they're, they're, they might not go with Chase. But I think I – th- you've talked me into it. Uh, I think Pitts would be amazing. I, I, mean, sent, I, you, I sent you that tweet yesterday. Immediately upgrades, up, immediately upgrades the offense. That tweet I sent you yesterday, and for those of you who haven't seen this, uh, he is 6'6", 240, and he just ran a 4'4", Just let I that mean, sink I, in for a second. It's crazy. That's, that is un-fucking-believable. I mean, this is like – when I watch Kyle Pitts, he it, – it reminds me of kind of Chase Claypool, but he's bigger than Chase Claypool. So – and he's a little I, more fluid. I tell you who it reminds me of. You know, the guy really never played. Uh, you know, he was great when he played. And, and he's obviously got a bunch of off-the-field stuff going on right now that um, we're not going to talk about. But Kellen Winslow is the guy awesome. that he reminds me a lot of. An athletic-ass tight end who can go up the middle of the field. I mean, Kyle Pitts adds an element to this offense that just makes it unstoppable. Who are you going to cover, Higgins, Boyd, and Pitts? Who are you going to cover? I just, I'm just wondering. And and it's not like, and it's not like you can play, you know, with five, six people in the box who's got mixed in. You know oh my I mean? god! And it's, you still we're, we're 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 forgetting about, and this is my opinion, the best player in our offense in Joe Mixon. I I tend to agree with you now that Frank Pollock's back and he's got the O line, uh, working it. Yeah. I mean. When was the last year he was O line? Seventeen or eighteen? And they had fucking four point three yards of carry. Like, dude, if if okay, here's the thing: Mixon with a terrible O line. I'm talking like coaching O line was bad. Still led the AFC in rushing two years ago. So I don't know what else. Like, imagine him with a good O line. It's unreal. It's, it's unbelievable. Unreal. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I don't understand how this offense, realistically, if they got Pitts and Burrow Pops, how they're not a top three, four offense in the AFC. No, I, t- I, I 100% agree with you. I think that – but to the same token, there is a valid argument to be made that if you wait until the second round to address O-line and potentially getting a quote-unquote lesser prospect, that that could just screw your whole plan on the offensive line. But that I, I think that is not true at all because I think the, the value of the guard position in, their, in this draft – is unbelievable. Wyatt Davis is a solid NFL player. He's a mean, he's a mean man on the offensive line. Then you get Jalen Mayfield potentially. I mean, we could we could go down the list and this is probably something for a separate episode where we talk about mock drafts. But I mean, there are so many ways that they could go 
at, I, th- I believe it's 38 that they're picking in the second round. There are so many ways they could go if they go offensive weapon at five. I mean, it, the possibilities get me excited. I just don't see what from the weapons aspect at five. I don't see a downside to picking Chase or Pitts. Like, I don't, I don't see – like, I, if you get either, I think it immediately upgrades the offense regardless. Do you think that the, that the Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow relationship is being overblown at all? To be honest, I don't think it's being overblown because uh, last time I checked, last time they're on the same team, Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns. So I'm not really worried. And, you know, I know it's college, but when you watch Jamar Chase's route running, it's unbelievable. I mean, he leaked. And I know, and again, I know it's college and the difference between college and NFL, but the separation he gets, even in the SEC, is unbelievable. Even the separation he's getting against Clemson was you know, five, six yards of separation in a national championship game. That's it's true. Ridiculous. He was – he – A.J. Terrell smelt like burnt toast after that oh, national championship game. And also, um, you got to think that if they get Chase, nobody's going to have three corners. You're always going to have a mismatch because there's not going to be three – no team has three corners that can guard Higgins, Boyd, and Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? So Yeah. But the, I guess my question is more of do you think that that's – kind of like a stupid reason for everybody to argue that they should pick him. I mean, I agree that he's a great player. It just angers me that the only reason people say they should pick him is because Joe Burrow played with him at LSU. Like don't disrespect or discount Jamar Chase like that. Jamar Chase is a phenomenal football player. And so I guess my question is more of, do, do you place more value on that connection that they have or on his individual talent alone? Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't even care if they had never met or talked in person. Jamar Chase is unbelievable at football. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I said it his route running, you know, his hands catching traffic ability, the ability to go get the ball in the air. I mean, I think that, I think he's very, very advanced. And I think that he could potentially have a Justin Jefferson season if he give, if given the right opportunities. I mean, LSU at this point, you, you got to stay there wide receiver. You, I mean, oh, it, I mean yeah. absolutely. I mean, you, you got Terrence Marshall coming. I, I think he's pretty good too. So I, yeah. I, I think obviously, I think, I think LSU is wide receiver. You. Yeah. All right. So that's let's let's switch gears a little bit since we just absolutely hammered the offensive side of the ball. Let's go to defense. Um, just what are your impressions of the defense? Uh, what do you think that they still need to upgrade on the defense? Uh, Bengals hosted Ryan Kerrigan for a visit yesterday, uh, signed Ricardo Allen yesterday. So just kind of what do you think as far as the defense goes? Kind of what, what, uh, what grade would you give them on addressing the defense? And where do you think they should go from here? Okay, so I really like the free agent signings they've done so far. I am might be the minority with the Trey Hendrickson signing. I really like the signing because it's basically the first year is only is only fully guaranteed, and I think that you know Carl Lawson, as good as he was, and I know he was third um, in the NFL in QB pressures last year. I think at the end of the day, you just have to you have to get sacks, um, and uh, Trey Hendrickson you know, had a breakout season last year. So I think that's a good move. I think getting Mike Hilton is an upgrade over Mackenzie Alexander in the slot. Uh, and it's definitely an upgrade over whatever I watched with LaShawn Sims. So that's always positive. And then also I agree. I think with the Ryan Kerrigan signing, if they could sign him, 
on a one-year deal. You know, he could come in, teach the young guys, uh, kind of be a mentor in that D-line room, D-line outside linebacker room. I think it would really help him out. Yeah, I agree. And so what do you think? Do you think that their secondary is, I mean, so my opinion is that right now the Bengals back seven is, is pretty damn good. Uh, the front seven is the only area that gives me concern. You've got DJ Reader coming back from an injury. We know he can stop the run. Um, I've watched Larry Ogunjobi. I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's anything special. Uh, remains to kind of be seen what he brings to the table. Uh, my, this is the kind of first point of contention I have. I'm not big on the Trey Hendrickson signing. I think if you're going to give somebody that much guaranteed money, it should have been Carl Lawson. Because, I mean, like you said, you look at his pressure rate last year. I mean, he was whipping people on the outside. Um, but that being said, there are tools that Trey Hendrickson has in his game that Carl Lawson does not. Uh, length, especially being one of them. So um, I think it's kind of an even trade-off there. But, I mean, it, their secondary is now really, really good. You got two really good safeties. You got you got a bunch of cornerback twos, which I don't love, but is not the worst thing in the world. And like you said, Mike Hilton is a is a badass man in the slot. Mike Hilton is good. Yeah, I I was surprised that he because you know there there's a track record and there's an opinion in the city of Pittsburgh that. Uh, the Bengals are this loser organization. They don't win. They don't pay anybody. Uh, they're kind of apathetic about winning. And for Mike Hilton to, to come here tells me a lot about the league's perception of the Bengals changing, hopefully. And I think, you know, we touched on it earlier, but I don't know if the Bengals' perception is changing, but I think that we have Joe Burrow. I think that, I mean, helps. that helps. That, that helps. When you have, I, I I think Joe Burrow is changing the perception because you know as much as I you know I you know how I love Andy Dalton I love that man he was my favorite player growing up, but he doesn't have the spark you know and the and the you know the it factor as you said earlier so he I doesn't think have the swag no 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 he no he did not Joe and I mean I'm gonna sound like a 13 year old kid wearing Nike elites right now Joe Burrow's got freaking swag you. You yeah. step on the field. I mean, when he's telling people that he's going to get that call when he's the GOAT, oh, that's that's fucking cool. That's cool. And, I mean, he's delivered on everything that he's said so far. So, um, I think I think we're in good hands. I agree. You know, I agree. Uh, so, I mean, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, kind of talk about uh, – you brought up childhood Bengals. Uh, the Bengals recently just saw the departure of two of our childhood greats, uh, AJ Green, Geno Atkins. Just kind of, what are your thoughts? Lasting memories of the two of those guys? Uh, you know, AJ Green. My opinion. I'm sorry, Chad Johnson. I think AJ Green's the best Bengals receiver ever. Um, and I don't know if we're gonna agree on that, but um, I remember a game. I don't know if you remember this. It was in Baltimore. Hail Mary for the win, tip in the air. It was unbelievable. I mean, that's maybe one of the greatest moments of my of my Bengals childhood. And then, obviously, Gino. I mean, borderline Hall of Famer. 
I don't know. I don't know if he gets in because he's a Bengal, sadly. Yeah. But I think he's a borderline. I mean, you know how it is. But you know, I I think the sack against Carson Palmer when Carson Palmer came back was my favorite Geno memory. Kind of oh, just like mi- just just a double middle finger to Carson Palmer. So I was, dude. I was at that game, and I've been to. I went to the 09 Jets playoff game. I don't think I've ever heard the stadium that loud. First of yeah. all. First of all, when Palmer came onto the field with the Raiders, I mean, he was getting he, – he would get food. And then uh, I, it was not the first play, but it was the first series, and they ran a play action, and Geno just came right through the middle untouched and planted him like a cheap flower, and that place went nuts. I I would do anything to go back in time and be in, this, be in that stadium at that time. Oh, I, I would do anything. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there's the heartbreak memory of, you know, I remember staying up late to watch the uh, Bengals Dolphins Thursday night game. I think that was 2013, if I had to say, when Gino tore his ACL and that kind of torpedoed that season. But um, yeah, I mean, both guys just mean so much to the Bengals. I mean, those were the two guys that we grew up idolizing, essentially. Uh, I mean, you think about some of the plays that AJ Green made. I don't know if you, you remember his first season when they played the Bills and he had that ridiculous catch where yeah. it was basically just would dove backwards with his hands yes. behind his head. Yeah, I mean from 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 day one, I and uh segueing back seg segueing back to what we were talking about. I think AJ Green, remember his rookie year, how productive he was, like instantly. I think that Jamar Chase could be like that. That's like, high praise. I mean, right off the bat, I mean what I'm saying is is that right off the the bat he had me but I mean AJ was just so good straight away had what the six straight thousand yard years and then got hurt and had 990 yards I remember that that made me so mad when he he would he he was going for like seven straight and then I mean both guys are just two of the best to ever do it in stripes I mean you, you really can't put it any more simply than that um you know I'm gonna I love those guys I think we both had emotional reactions to the tweet that Bengals posted um, saying goodbye to AJ. I mean, he will forever be the person I first associate with the Bengals because, I mean, obviously I remember going to games before there was AJ Green, but I mean, once AJ Green and Andy Dalton got to the Bengals, that is when the Bengals became the Bengals that we know today. Well, I agree. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I agree. Cause I mean, that's when they became competitive. Yep. And so, yeah, it's, it's really sad to see those guys gone. Um, You know, I I mean, it's different because those guys both left on pretty good terms versus Carson. I kind of look back on Carson now and I respect him just because I've kind of heard his side of the story. Um, But I mean, nothing is ever going to take away my respect for, for AJ Green and Geno Atkins. So um yeah, I mean those guys are both just just wonderful uh, contributors to the to the Bengals franchise. I agree, and it's kind of kind of weird to say this, but the last person standing in our Bengals childhood is is Kevin Huber. What was that, Giovanni Bernard? Ah, uh, Zach, what what year was he drafted? 2013? 2012? I don't know. All I remember is that when they played Pittsburgh in Week Two, I think it was twenty thirteen. Because uh, whatever year they had James Harrison, and they played the Steelers in week two on Monday Night Football, and I went to the game, 
And it, it was Geo's like first game. It was when they had Geo and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. And yeah. wow. Andy, what a, what a, Andy, what a name. Yeah, the law firm. Andy law. threw this swing pass out to Geo. And Geo makes like three guys miss and he and he runs it in and he's high stepping into the end zone. And that the place was bumping that night. And they beat honestly beat the Steelers on Monday night. Um, but that that's my first Geo memory that yeah. uh, kind of rings in my head. Uh, great player, too. Glad that he's still on the team. He has proven Giovanni Bernard might be the NFL's greatest example that you don't need to pay great money to have good running back play. I mean, I agree. What I mean, what are they paying him? Four mil now? Four yeah. mil a year? So, I mean, that's – you don't need to overpay for running back. Oh, God, no. I, no, I agree. There's so many good running backs. There's so many good ones. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's switch gears here again. Um, one thing we're going to try to do on this podcast, folks, is do like a top five or like a ranking at the end of each episode. So today's ranking is going to be – uh, our top five obscure or random Bengals players. So players that, that we remember and we love and we reminisce on that, that you guys may not remember or um, may not recall as even being on the Cincinnati Bengals. So we'll go ahead and do that. I don't know how you want to do this. You go with your first guy. I go with my first guy. Second. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's go one for one. All right. You go first then. Let's, let's hear what you got. All right. For my number one, we got – the man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Hewitt. Oh, I remember him. Was he out of Stanford? Yep, Stanford, H-back. Does, does he play anywhere now? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. All right, I'll go with my guy, Quan Cosby. Okay, Quan You remember Cosby. him? They picked him out Quan of Texas. Cosby. I he remember was, Quan Cosby. He was an animal at Texas. An Did Quan animal. Cosby – did not did Quan Cosby not play on the same team as Jordan Shipley and Colt McCoy? I believe he did. I believe he did. Okay. Uh, great kick returner for the Bengals. Oh, absolutely. Way better than Alex Erickson. Let's just clarify that for the people. He's out of town, thank God. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So number two. Yeah. Um, this is one of my favorites growing up. Edge rusher. We need somebody like him now. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. <laughs> He he reminds me a lot of um, like not player wise but situationally wise of uh, Carl Lawson because I mean he had that big year he had that big year and then the Bengals franchise tagged him and then he hit free agency the next year got paid by Tampa was terrible came back and finished up with the Bengals so yep. not that I wish Carl Lawson does terrible with the Jets. No, I, I I wish I wish Carl Lawson the best. I I love Carl Lawson. I think he, I think he's gonna do well. I think he's gonna do well. Yeah, he's probably gonna hurt Joe Burrow whenever the Bengals play the Jets. <laughs> Sadly, knock on wood. Uh, all right, my number two guy is throwing it back to the prehistoric days of, okay. of Bengals football before there was Andy Dalton. Robert Gathers. You remember Robert him? Gathers. Okay, I I. I do remember Robert Gathers. Defensive end, stud. Absolutely. I mean, there's not not a whole lot else to say there about Robert. I'll match D-line for D-line with you. You ready for this one? Let's hear it. You'll know it. I mean, we – Frosty Rucker. Oh, my God. Frosty Rocker. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
that was they were on the same D line. It was it they was were. Gathers, Rucker, Pecco, and yep. uh, they had Tank Johnson in there at one point. Tank Johnson, yep. Um, yep, Tank. I remember, I remember Tank. Tank. All right. Well, this is this is this is going to be one that's kind of more well known to the this audience, is. but he is best known in my mind as kind of the first time I had seen the Bengals beat the Steelers. And this guy caught the winning touchdown with like 20 seconds left. Andre Caldwell in 2009, when the Bengals swept the division and he caught that touchdown on the, on the, uh, on the whip route from Carson in the center of the end zone. I remember him. He is one of the more appreciated Bengals receivers. I agree. Extremely underappreciated. I'm going to go three. I wanted to be, I wanted to be this man. Um, George Iloka, tall, lanky, safety, big. Now he he left and he played for Minnesota, I believe. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Is do you have any idea where he's at now? Um, I am not sure. All I know is is that he. If I were to tell you this, you wouldn't believe me because I, when I was doing when I was looking up people to do, he is only thirty years old. No fucking way. I swear to God, he's no. only 30. I what? swear to No. Yes. Huh. That is surprising in, to me. In answer to your question, he was on the Vikings last year, but only played in four games. And, uh-huh. and he didn't play in any teams. I got you. All right. Well, I'll go with number my number four guy. Back to the defensive side of the football. Chinandoom Duke way. Okay. You remember him? That's one of my favorite Bengals names of all time. Oh, my God. Favorite all-time name team, first of all. Second of all, great safety out of the University of Notre Dame. I think he gave the Bengals three or four good years. Um, Really solid player. Enjoyed watching him. He brought the wood. He he was a versatile, versatile player on the back end for the Bengals. Uh, That kind of reminds me of Von Bell. Yeah, yeah. Like 2007, 2010, kind of in those years, he was really – really solid uh, uh, on that defense when defense was, was a Bengals calling card. Absolutely. And then for my last man, I mean, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I remember we had this discussion when he, when the Bengals didn't bring him back, just ball Hawk safety, Jesse Bates before Jesse Bates, Reggie Nelson. Oh my God. One of the best trades, one of the best trades in Bengals history was getting him. from yeah, It was. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I, I don't remember exactly what they gave up, but it was nothing to no. get an insane player. Didn't he? Lead, he led the league in interceptions yep. from here. Led the league in interceptions. Oh my was God. Crazy. Was a ball. He menace. was an animal. And then that, an that dipshit from Pittsburgh, their offensive line coach, yanked on his dreads in the <laughs> playoff game. Dude, I there's something wrong. There's something wrong with the city of Pittsburgh. There's yeah. Just it, I don't, yeah. If you're listening to this point and, and you're still listening and you're from the city of Pittsburgh and you're a Steelers fan, I mean, you're lucky you have Permani brothers because that's about the only redeeming quality about your city. I mean, let's be honest. No Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to listen to this. So, <laughs> Well, they, they damn well better not because they know the Bengals are in a better state than they are right now. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. All right, I'll go with my my number five guy, and then we'll get on to trivia, 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 trivia. All right, number five for me is Jonathan Fanene out of the University of Utah. Another 
all-time name team recipient? I mean, I feel like I just took five guys straight from the 2009 Cincinnati Bengals, but I think that's exactly what I did because that was <laughs> one of my favorite Bengals teams of all time. I, I mean, was I think that was the year that Carson broke his thumb, and so he had to hand the ball off left-handed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that or right-handed. He had to hand the ball off right-handed every time because he broke yeah. his left thumb. Yeah, I, I just unbelievable. I. The 2019 will live in infamy. It really will. All right. Well, we're going to also do some trivia at the end of each show. So, Alec, it appears you have a trivia question prepared for today. Let's hear it. I do. And I almost guarantee that nobody will get this off the top of their heads. I almost I guarantee I'll... without looking. Okay. <laughs> you probably will. You don't count, though. Uh, what Division Three school did Kenny Anderson attend? So I know it's in Iowa or Illinois. I know it's in one of those two. I know it's in one of those two. It is in, uh, it is in Illinois, yes. <sighs> it, so it I have it down to two. I know exactly what the kind of name is. I know it's either Augustana or St. Augustine. I just got to pick okay. between which of the two of those it is. All right. You are right. It is one of those. I'm going to go with St. Augustine. It is not. Fuck, it was Augustana. Yep, it, yep, it was. Now, I, it's small now. I can't imagine going from that school to then being drafted you know, are playing, I mean, you know, winning an MVP and then going to Augustana. I, I, it blows my mind. Oh, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, folks, I, mean, you... I think that just about does it for episode one. Um, oh, wait, we got to give the folks a quick Reds update. Uh, the Reds are in spring training and everybody's hurt. They're going to be terrible. This and year. we suck. And we suck. We are terrible. Weekly Reds Tyler update. Alex yeah, Tyler Mallory's going to be the three. That's all we got to say. That's the update. Reds update. Everybody's hurt. They're in spring training. They suck. They're not going to be good. We're not looking forward to the season. I cannot wait until November so the season can be over and I don't have to waste every night watching. watching November? The Dude, they're not even yeah. – they, they should just cancel the season in like August. True. I was just – I was thinking until after the playoffs. So I don't have to think about it. Oh my God! Just, just all around, not, not a good scene right now. It's just an all around. It's an all around shit show, basically, is what it is. So, hey, but Jonathan India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's all I got to look forward to, I'm not watching. <laughs> all right, well, folks, thanks for listening. That was episode one. We'll come up with some sort of creative title for it. Um, once again, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, this was fun. Alec, you got any closing remarks? Uh, only that. Hopefully the Bengals can address something by the next time we have our next pod. And uh, I appreciate everybody who listened. And we'll come back. We'll be better. We'll be stronger. And, yeah, that's all I got. Yes, we will be better next time. <laughs> who day? Who day? <laughs> <laughs>